Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Healing the Parent Wound podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I have a very special guest. I'm very excited about this topic and conversation that I'm going to have with Shana Ng. And she is the host of a podcast called Worthy Asian. Shana, thank you so much. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here and honored that you invited me to be a part of your your show to share a little bit about my story. Awesome. Yeah. So this is really exciting because we're going to not only share about your story um, as well as kind of... um, you know, what, what your um, goals and kind of dreams are for your podcast and why this conversation is so, so important. Um, Cause it's really not being talked about and you're going to, you know, be breaking a lot of those barriers today as we kind of dive in. So if we could just start with what does that mean? Worthy Asian. Oh yeah. I, I felt this was very fitting as a title because and in an Asian household, you know, it's very strict. There's very little emotional connection. There's very little mm-hmm. love and affection and definitely very little praise. And so you grow up feeling like you are not worthy of these things. You're not worthy of love, praise, affection. You're not worthy of taking up space or having your mm-hmm. own needs, wants, and ideas. And And yeah, I think when you grow up with that, that doesn't just go away because you're an adult now, even though you might know better or understand like fundamentally that, you know, you are worth all these things, but you don't actually really believe it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and what, what would you say are kind of the, you know, in, in maybe in your own experience um, growing up that way, and and like you said, you're an adult and that stuff doesn't go away. Um, you know, what, what is that experience like in adulthood of, you know, coming from an environment that like, that is lacking an emotional attunement, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think up until I had my daughter, I, mm. I believed that I put that in my past. And I believed I had a good life because I had a great partner. I had great friends. I had a great job and I saw the world as rainbows and butterflies. And I didn't have to think about my past and Mm. what I felt when I was younger. But then I had my daughter and, you know, being a new mom, I knew there'd be challenges about learning how to be a mom, but I was mm-hmm. not prepared for the challenges of how much it triggered my memories of my childhood, um, mm. memories of how my parents treated me, and yeah. then ultimately seeing myself or hearing myself become more like my parents and doing these mm. things that I swore I would never do. Yeah, that was kind of my like, oh, my goodness, like, it's all flooding back and I'm drowning. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's not actually just in my past, it's affecting my life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, that's usually how trauma works. And children can certainly, um, you know, bring up those, um, you know, for anyone listening, um, being pregnant, 
you know, postpartum depression or postpartum rage or, or what anxiety, and you may have had those things already, but that can really be intensified during childhood. Um, and I believe it is, you know, those, those wounds that your childhood trauma coming up through the body and that's the memory, um, coming through. So that makes, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And at what point, um, did you, you know, earlier we had talked about that in Asian culture, therapy isn't really a thing. So it's, you know, so at what point did you, um, you know, decide like, wow, I got, I need some help. This is more than I can handle. Mm -hmm. Uh, It took me a long time to get there because like you said, as an Asian, that's just not a part of our culture. We don't think mm-hmm. to ask for help. And also as a woman, it's mm-hmm. hard for women to ask for help. And yeah. then as, because uh, I, I am a nurse in mental health. So as a medical professional in mental health, you also don't ask for help because mm. you think you have the expertise. You think you have the know-how on how to handle this and how you're, yeah. and it's going to be hard to find someone else and listen to someone else. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I think just, I knew I wasn't coping, you know, every day I was being triggered and every day I was doing something with my daughter that I regretted, that I felt bad about, that I needed, um, you know, to go back and apologize for. and. Mm. And just being an emotional wreck at the end of every day. And just like, this isn't normal. Like this, Mm. this cannot be my life. This cannot, this cannot be continued because it, then I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be like my parents and my daughter is going to have these feelings that I have for my parents. And, and that just crushed me because Mm. my, my true believing of me being successful in my life was to not be my parents like Mm. if I could be anything and not be like my parents then I've made it then I've made it in life and I saw myself going down that wrong path Mm. yeah yeah so and and that's and that's really you know so common I hear that a lot like I just don't want to be like my parents you know I don't want to be like my parents except we didn't get the blueprint for how you know we know what we don't want, but then we didn't get, we didn't get the guidance or the blueprint, um, to, to have those healthy connections. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you know, in my work in this somatic work, it comes back to the body and the nervous system, um, being the key to that. So even if we try, like, I just don't want to be like my mom or my dad, but then we find ourselves blowing up like they did because we, and it's something that we can't control, right? Because it comes from the body and nervous system. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why I, I decided to work with you too, is because I've done talk therapy and it mm-hmm. just didn't do anything for me. And mm. reading about your somatic theory or therapy and how it's about pushing through trauma and emotions in a more tangible way it just made a lot more sense and you you just never thought about it in that way yeah that's right yeah yeah um and and so 
Um, yeah, so doing that body-based work, what has that given you? You want to share a little bit about that? So I think, you know, part of Asian culture is, again, you suppress all mm. your feelings and emotions and then you just get yeah. so out of tune with your body that you don't mm. even know what your body is trying to tell you even though yeah. there's big red flags um and so just learning to yeah sit with my body and just feel what I'm feeling and asking mm. myself like what what is my body trying to tell me mm-hmm. and just Asians we like we don't have time like we always have to do things and go places and mm. we don't just sit and reflect like that's just not something we do <laughs> right yeah yeah right that's right so and and yeah and so going back to kind of the you know growing up in an Asian household and being that you know worthy Asian yeah we had talked a little bit um about that um you know that drive you know, that, that drive for to succeed and and success and the you know the title and the prestige and money that is um, a very strong focus mm-hmm. um and that starts very young in childhood would you say that's oh, kind of like yes. drilled into you yeah yeah you you grow up um realizing that you only get um affection when you achieve things mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's very transactional, would you say? Mm-hmm. I I would say, I mean, I don't think I really clued in until working with you that I was like, oh, like I've learned that love is um, conditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get no, so you get noticed for successes, and and then is failure or messing up even an option in Asian households? You know. No. No, no I mean, no it's a common stereotype, but it's something that we we joke about, but it's true. Like, you know, you want a plus and even an mm. A is a failure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm. So that puts, you know, that puts it, it sounds harmless, but um, that puts such pressure and stress on little developing brains. Right. So if that starts very young out the gate, you're, you know, and you're just go, go, go and do. And and that is a tremendous amount of pressure and stress Mm -hmm. on a developing brain, right? Throughout those developmental years of childhood. Um, And then the missing emotional connection, you know, if, if that was offset, you know, if you're doing that, yes, you want to be always successful. If maybe that was offset by some emotional attunement connection, but it's not right. It's just, you know, go, go, go and, and get, you know, be a doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the pressure to um, please your parents, right. That loyalty is so, yes. so strong. Can you talk a little bit more about you know, the, the ramifications of that, let's say you want to be an artist or you just, you know, whatever. And your dad wants you to be a doctor. It's a no, no. You you know that you can't be an artist (laughs) or that you will, you'll be like disowned from your family. (laughs) Yeah. They, they, I mean, 
I'm not saying all Asians are, are like that, but I mean, uh-huh. the majority of it is that your parents are not going to support you if you're not going for um, a career that will, yeah, like give you status yeah. and give you lots of money. Yeah. So that makes it really hard for someone to be themselves, right? <laughs> or just have the autonomy to say, hey, mom and dad, you know what? I want to go live in Bali or whatever. And, you know, I'm wondering like how many people are as an adult feel that pressure of, hey, I didn't really want to be a doctor, but since my parents, you know, I got to please my parents first and put myself, you know, somewhere else down the, right? What, maybe if, if you're putting yourself last, um, how, and, and, and I'm basing my life on my career and my success, what, I mean, again, that has to show up negatively somewhere in one's life don't you think definitely I mean I think you're even as an adult you're still looking to get that affection and that love from your parents by continuing with your accomplishments and achievements and by doing what you think you they want you to do yeah Um, that's right yeah 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 um yeah exactly so um, so going back to that, you know, worthy Asian, what is the, you know, what, what, what message do you have for other listeners that might have also grown up in an Asian household of kind of, you know, how do we start deconstructing this and, and, and maybe choosing ourselves first with, with, and then because the ramifications from that are you know maybe I don't yeah maybe you get disowned or you're I don't know how you know do parents really like stop talking to you or you stop talking to your parents or you know the ramp you could lose your whole family we know how difficult and devastating that is oh that's that's a that's a big one yeah (laughs) that's a big one yeah I mean so you said like what would be like my message would be like it's about finding our worth, right? And it's about yeah. realizing that you are worthy of love and praise and your upbringing does not have to define the kind of person you are or the person you become mm-hmm. um, because what happened to you, you didn't deserve it. And if in some way that you you are bringing that into your current life with the current people in your life, like these people don't deserve it either. And so you have the power to change these things and change how you see life or view life and live life. So, yeah. um, and now I'm sorry, I forget what was the second part of the question. <laughs> yeah, no, it was kind of like, it was kind of long. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> the steps that we can take to be, you know, to live for ourselves, right. Put ourselves first, live more authentically. If we grew up in this household that only phrased, um, you know, accomplishments and your job, because that's not really who you are, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like what you do, but who you are is like an internal experience. And, and, and so, you know, how can we begin to find that relationship, that internal relationship Mm -hmm. that I believe starts with the body? 
when we come from this kind of background? I think, I think you need to start with just even acknowledging that Mm -hmm. your parents hurt you and like feeling Mm -hmm. okay with saying that because Mm. we, we think that if we say that, then we're disrespecting our parents and we get so used to the guilt and the shame and the belief that we should honor our parents above ourselves. Mm. And really like we are worthy of putting ourselves first. Like it does, we do, we are worthy of that. We do not have to live for our parents or live for the desire of their love. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so much self um, sacrifice too, which can really um, take a toll on our bodies, right? If, if we're just working and we're being the good, um, you know, Asian child, you know, right. And living for other, because it tends to show up in our lives as living for other people. And that can be a repeating parent, repeating pattern, um, with friends, with part, you know, in any kind of relationship, right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And if we grew up that way, it can be normal. We think that that's just the way it is because everybody is doing it. Mm-hmm. So it can be hard to recognize, um, but feelings, your feelings, if you're feeling like, wow, why do I feel like this? Something is off. That is something to really listen to. And what typically happens is we come with a story, right? And about that guilt and, oh my gosh, I need to be the good, you know, whatever, make my mom and dad proud. But if you're, if you're feeling exhausted and overwhelmed or frustrated or angry, those are, that, those are messages from your body that something needs to be addressed. Right. It's just, and I just never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You just think, oh, I'm mad, but you don't like understand that there's like a physical feeling Mm. when you're upset that you can work with. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and you've really done, uh, we've been working together for a while now, and you have really, you know, come into your body, um, and, and have a relationship with it. Um, you know, from where we started, where you didn't, you didn't have that relationship, right? Mm -hmm, Um, yeah, yeah. And that really has made a lot of, you know, long lasting change in your relationships. Yes, for sure. And because like we talked about therapy, like talk therapy didn't really do anything for me. And I was mm-hmm. looking for something different because yeah. I needed that component of where I could feel like I was making movements with this trauma yeah. And I also Mm -hmm. needed that piece where there was understanding of this parental wound because Mm. there's a lot of complicated feelings and dynamics when it comes to talking about toxic people. But then when these toxic people are your parents, like there's just a lot of shame and guilt that comes with that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there is. And do you want to share a little bit about... um, Asian mothers specifically or your experience, you know, with, with, um, Asian, it's not, it's not like a warm, fuzzy relationship, is it? Or a nurturing, 
Um, Yeah. And I would say it's it's similar to Asian fathers as well. Like you just, you Mm -hmm. don't have this warm, loving, nurturing um, relationship. You don't feel comforted. Mm. They're not people that you feel like you can go to when you have a problem. Yeah. Um, So you, you have to figure it out yourself. You got to keep things to yourself. You, Mm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's extremely difficult. Um, You know, if you're a child and there's, you learned or again, early on that there's not really anybody to go to, or if you went to them, the reaction wouldn't be supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like figure it out. You feel like you're a burden when you ah. need something from them. <laughs> okay. You feel like you're a burden. Mm-hmm. Like even for something like, you know, being sick, like, and you are relying on your parents to take care of you. Yeah. They might not outwardly say like, you're a burden or you're ruining my life or you're ruining my plans, but you feel right. it. You feel it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And that, and that's, and that's so that, that goes back to that feeling in the body. A lot of things are nonverbal, but children are very, you know, the, um, their nervous system is attuned to their parent, right? So if, if the parent is um, doing a lot of silent treatment or just a look that can also, you know, the child can feel that right? It could just be a look. And so you, there's a lot of nonverbal cues from parents. Um, yeah. Asian yeah. parents are really well known for the silent treatment mm-hmm. and really well known for like, their like scare you to death with their death glare, their angry mm. glare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for a young child, that's terrifying. And again, you know, we now know that that has ramifications. Um, you know, it's more that developmental trauma it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, event, right? It can be these small micro events over and over through the developing years of a child's brain mm-hmm. um, that I believe really causes the most damage, um, a lot of damage. So, yeah, so fascinating. Um, how this all works. And, and one of the other things, you know, you've, you know, you've went ahead and, and done so many transformational things. Um, when you think about Asian parents changing or seeing their adult children um, in a different way or like, hey, mom and dad, maybe you want to go to therapy and do a session or, you know, like, um, or would you be open to hearing about my experience? I mean, do you, do you see any, any, you know, way that Asian parents or culture could um, shine a light on the mental health conditions, right? We can't just sweep it under the rug anymore. Is there any hope for them getting help or opening up to? I would therapy? like to believe there's hope. I mean, there's always hope. And yeah, like I said, not every Asian is the same, right? But right. I would lean towards like nine times out of 10 that you probably won't make much headway with, mm-hmm. with that with your parents. But I think so maybe that's where the change happens is with you and your generation, right? 
Yeah. Um, because a lot of um, a common thing that Asian parents will say was like, I grew up this way or I've been this way my whole life. Like I'm set in this mm. way. I'm not changing. They have this mindset that they're not going to change. They've yeah. chosen that. That's, that's just the way. So it is. Yeah. That's just the way they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's, you know, and that's um, kind of a easy bypass into not um, self-reflecting or taking, you know, accountability or, inventory because let's face it we all make mistakes um and there's no you know do they tend to see themselves as perfect parents then like they made they they made no mistakes they they didn't make any errors and that's interesting because i wouldn't say that they think they are perfect Uh but they definitely will never admit they are they were wrong like they Uh are always right no matter what yeah Um, even when it's like blatantly clear that they're not um, yeah but they will never apologize or admit wrongdoing yeah Mm, okay so that makes yeah so that goes back to that you know there's really no space for you to have um, a different opinion or express Mm. yourself right Mm -hmm. because you're gonna get shut down or you know and if somebody and if nobody's apologizing, there's no space for conflict, healthy conflict resolution or rupture and repair. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do Asian, you know, Asian parents or, you know, really any parent for that matter, you know, they're not connecting to their children. They are, how are they're just connecting off of, hey, get an A, you know, you need to do your schoolwork or task oriented kind of mm-hmm. goal oriented. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, like I said, but, you know, for yeah. me, I have a very superficial relationship with my parents. You know, mm. we talk about the yeah. weather, talk about work, but yeah. That's... We don't really talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Super and it's official. funny though, because they're always like, why don't you ever call? But it's like, if I called, like, what would we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you try to go deeper, what would happen? You don't get very far. You I don't mean, get very far. Yeah. And, and it's really awkward. Like you, you yourself don't even know like how to bring up a different topic or a more emotional topic. Yeah. And if you, I mean, I've tried long before, not currently yeah. to talk about my childhood and they just, yeah. yeah, they just shut down. They just shut down. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so it, so that just really leaves for just superficial kind of conversations, um, you know, which are really kind of unful- unfulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's so fascinating. And, um, you know, again, when we think about intergenerational trauma, trauma, you know, this is what most people have that intergenerational trauma that, you know, they might not be connecting that 
perhaps their own trauma, right? They got, they got passed down from their parents. They passed on to their own children and, and so on and so on. And you're breaking, you know, you're, you are that first cycle, you know, that first generation of um, breaking the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but your parents and their parents, you know, of that intergenerational trauma to some extent, even if you don't know the details, is that right? Yeah. I don't know the details, but I definitely know they had a hard hard upbringing as well. They also don't know what love is because they didn't experience it as kids. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think a big difference maybe in their generation and our generation, hopefully, is that Mm -hmm. um, they feel like they're they're the victim right like they the life did them wrong Mm. and that's it like they can't do anything about it like they're just going to be mad about it and they're just that's life whereas I'm trying to move past that I am a victim and though I'm acknowledging that I'm hurt like I also need to like move on with my life because I don't want to stay stuck there in that place Whereas I think they're just kind of stuck in that place where they've been hurt and they've been done wrong. Yeah. So kind of like that chip on their shoulder, angry, bitter, Mm -hmm. but just not doing anything to change, you know, to change that, which is really sad and unfortunate, Um, you know, because there is, there's always there's always help, you know, asking for help or, or, you know, finding, although it's not easy, there's certainly ways around that. But so they're just kind of staying in that space mm-hmm. of helpless victim, you know, angry, bitter, resentful, mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah. But not taking any action to change. hmm. Yeah, very, un- it's very unfortunate. Um, and then they don't have the kick. And, and then too, with your work and all the work that you've done to change the dynamics, they don't have the um, ability to um, notice that in you or, or acknowledge again, you know, getting that acknowledgement. Definitely. It's heartbreaking and frustrating because you're trying to make this connection with them. You're trying yeah. to change, but if they can't reciprocate, like there's nothing yeah. you can do to, to push that forward. Yeah. And, and like, to you, it might seem so easy. Like, why can't you just make this simple change and like have a relationship with me? But right. it's, it's not simple. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that, and that is the saddest part about this is that they would rather hold on to their, um, you know, whatever it is they're holding on to, then, you know, forge a relationship um, with their adult child. And that goes for a lot of parents. They're going to protect, they're going to self-protect um, rather than, yeah, we would think, well, why not, why not just apologize or why not, you know, right. But they just cannot bring themselves or allow themselves to do, to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, really sad and unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
but you know you've done a tremendous job and i think you know really the 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 therapy you know therapy is okay there's it's even if family is telling you oh don't do that or whatever you know that there there is ways to get help for whatever it is that you might be experiencing or have experienced and you know part of that is just having someone you know validate that what you're feeling is understandable and normal and makes a lot of sense and that you make sense mm -hmm. yeah and to help you make sense of your experiences in the past um you know so um which you know which you've done amazingly thank you uh, thank you so yeah, much with, that with everything yeah just absolutely incredible um and and i just love the idea of this you know worthy asian podcast in closing here is there any um you know what is your um what is your goal for your podcast what again my goal you? is just to talk about it more because we yeah. don't talk about it and we need to like that's how we can move forward and be different it's just by acknowledging what happened to us and it's mm -hmm. not about disrespecting our parents it's not that's about right. blaming them for our lives it's just acknowledging that we were hurt and yeah. and then what now like what can we do to yeah. be different and be better yeah that's amazing yeah such amazing work and I'm sure that that you know this is only be the beginning for you um where can we find your podcast um so it is on Spotify and Apple and seven other platforms it's called Worthy Asian we're also on Instagram at Worthy Asian Podcast, Facebook as well. I'm starting a group that uh, hopefully we can build a supportive and connective community for fellow Worthy Asians on a journey of healing. That's and amazing. We'd just love to, yeah, to connect with anyone who wants to find me at those places. Absolutely. Is that going to be a Facebook group, Worthy Asian? Yes, Worthy Asian. Awesome. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's going to just blow up. This is because um, I don't think and I don't see anybody else doing that, you know, doing any of this. Um, and you are certainly um, qualified to, you know, really begin this journey of getting that information out to people um, because, you know, it's, it's been such an integral part of your transformation. And um, I'm just honored to have watched your journey and to continue this journey with you. It's, it's just, um, it just brings me so much deep, deep gratitude and joy, um, you know, to, uh, to, to be able to do this with you. Um, it's, it's just been phenomenal. So I'm really excited to see what happens with your podcast. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it anyway. Yes. And I'm just, yeah, I'm going to have fun with it. And I am really happy. I met you and got to work through this and I'm happy to be able to feel that difference from beginning to now oh, yeah. that, that huge shift for me and feeling like I can confidently say that, yes, I am a cycle breaker and that just feels so good. Yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. All right. 
thanks again for um, joining us today. And um, yeah, wonderful work. Thanks again. Thank you.